0: Welcome to Make & Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast. I'm Stephanie, and this is season four, episode 73. So I have a good show for you guys today, and it is the first time that I have three guests on the same podcast. Uh, They're from the same company hard rock woodworks and uh it's an etsy it's a family basically a family etsy business so we are going to have a nice long chat with them or i am and uh it's going to be great because uh he makes wayne is the fine woodworker and makes the product that goes up on the shop and uh, he makes a lot of quilting tools and notions uh so you will find out uh so just uh Stay tuned. If you want to go straight to it, um, might want to just fast forward, I don't know, um, about 10-15 minutes and you can get on with it. First, I want to take care of what I learned from Arne and Carlos' YouTube channel and they have coined the phrase formalities, which basically remind you guys to subscribe and rate and review the podcast um, and then I also have another reminder that uh, I have a, a community group uh, similar to a Facebook group, but not on Facebook. This is a private group on Mighty Networks. There's an app for it for um, any of you know, the Android or iPhone platforms, and it is free. So I will put an invite link on the podcast blog, and you just click on that, and uh, you're able to join. Uh, so p- we're posting um, pictures of what we're making, and it's anywhere from knitting to quilting to gardening, um, stuff like that. So it's um, it's just you know the wide range of of things that are creative for us making and uh, decorating. Uh, So that's Mighty Networks, and the name of the group is Make and Decorate Friends. You can also just go straight to Mighty Networks and find the group and join that way. And one more thing I want to mention is my Patreon page. So Patreon is a way for um, people and fans to uh, support artists and creators of content by subscribing monthly to their page, their Patreon page. And in return for my Patreon page, I publish an extra a bonus podcast episode once a month. And many times my guests will agree to uh, talk some more with me and uh, provide uh, so it's like some behind-the-scenes content, special content that is just for my patrons, and it's not always with a guest. Sometimes it's just me. But again, I try to uh, give some content that gives gives additional uh, content and information that you would not normally have from the regular show. So it's the make and decorate. Um, Patreon page. And that link is also always in the show notes, which is the description on your, um, whatever your podcast platform is. And then a link is also always in on my blog page for each episode. So check that out. And I want to say thank you to my, um, current patrons and uh, a lot of them like most of them have been with me for a while and I really really appreciate that Um, and you don't have to be ongoing if you I've had a few that had a specific you know amount that they wanted to subscribe to. And like for after a year, and then they opted out, which is fine. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the thought and the time and the effort that they took. Uh, So don't feel bad if you think that, well, I'm not going to be like an ongoing sort of patron, although that would be really wonderful. (laughs) But I understand. And so if it can only be six months or a year, um, you can do it. So that's it. That's the end of the formalities. So it is officially autumn. Fall. Fall is here. It's upon us. And uh, it's my favorite season of the year. I actually enjoy late summer and early fall. Um, And even I've learned to appreciate November. But once all of the leaves uh, have left the trees, (laughs) they have fallen off, it's a it gets a, it's a little hard to acclimate at first because it's just everything looks so barren and, um, you know, the sky starts to become cloudy and stuff. But there there are things all throughout the year to appreciate uh, in the great outdoors and with the weather. Uh, so, yeah, and apple picking, I'm, we're going apple picking this week, uh, later on in the week with Koopy, uh, my dog uh this one a farm it's not really fancy and it's not commercialized so i love it for that we have a lot around this chicago metropolitan area that are big like just you know money maker type of farms with this time of year and they have all of the attractions what whatever it be a petting zoo um little haunted houses, corn mazes, uh, food, like all of it. And I just, I don't need all of that because then your pumpkin becomes like exorbitantly priced (laughs) and you just came there to get like a few pumpkins uh, and some apple cider. And now how did pumpkins just... (laughs) come into this <laughs> I'm talking about apples and apple picking but you get the gist it's it's this time of year so even with apple picking that can you know be commercialized and stuff and I know it's for the little kids and they should uh, kind of experience all that fun but we just have Cooper and this I like the quiet little uh, family-owned farms and they are very reasonably priced. And Cooper loves to come with us. He's really a good travel dog. He loves to go in the car. So it's a really nice outing that we can bring him to. And the funny thing is that Cooper does not like apples. (laughs) So there's a bunch of apples that have fallen to the ground. And you would think that he would be going and scooping a bunch of them up, but he doesn't. And right across the street to this farm Um, There, there are horses. So and they're, they're really just I mean, it's like a one lane, each direction road. So it's kind of close. And when we got out of the car, Cooper saw these horses. I think he Yeah, he's never seen horses before. (laughs) So it was interesting because you know, they're so tall and big. And he was just very curious. He was like, staring and kind of turning his head a little bit and sniffing and uh, It was fun. So he just loves being outdoors and with us and going in the car. And um, yeah, it's it's really, it's really nice. So a couple of weeks ago, I went to an in person quilt workshop for the first time in a couple of years. And it was really nice to experience um, an in-person workshop. I I do like the Zoom ones, though. I really do like being able to, um, you know, have an on-demand or even if it's a scheduled time uh, in the comfort of my own home uh, because I like being at home. But um, at the same time, I really remembered and realized how enjoyable in-person workshops are, and this was um, through uh, my quilt guild, and so I got to see people that I haven't seen in a long time. We um, just were able to catch up and also learn a new technique, so uh, Giuseppe Ribaldo was the instructor and he's a fabric designer for Andover Fabrics and he has designed a series of mini quilt blocks that are foundation paper pieced and they're really tiny uh, but like the first block that I made was about three and a half inches square so um, it can seem intimidating at first but Uh, it's, it's, you know, once you get going and then when you see at the end of the block, like how cool it is, it's so fun. It's just like, wow, I did that. I made a super teeny tiny pieced quilt block. Uh, and so I really enjoyed it. And uh, another thing that I enjoyed about it is that with these mini blocks, fabric placement is key and. Um, A lot of times because they're they're so tiny and close together and there's a lot of rows of stitching. For instance, we did a courthouse um, steps block. And so there's a lot of linear um, lines of piecing. So it really lends itself to ombre color palettes or rainbow analogous, you know, from one color to the next. And. Um, so we chose our fabric placement and our fabrics and our color palette first, which I love to do. Um, and then, uh, then you start piecing. So I really enjoyed it. It was an all day workshop and it was so much fun. And of course, you know, when you're doing something that you love, uh, the day goes by in a flash. So it was great. All right. And one more chit chatty thing before we get to my conversation with Wayne, Jane, and Katie. Knitting. <laughs> it is just this knitting thing in me over the past year and what, a year and a half, has been this love hate relationship. But this past week, I had a knitting revelation. Yes. I conquered the purl stitch and not only did I do that I am able to do the purl and the knit stitch from the same hand like working yarn in the same hand not switching back and forth like I was doing before and it's just amazing so I happened to like do some more searching and I went to Arne and Carlos's YouTube channel I don't know how I missed this but last year in April they posted two videos one on the knit stitch and one on the purl stitch and they were in the Norwegian traditional Norway Norwegian um way technique the knitting I was already doing like that except for a couple of things and um the (laughs) The one thing is that with this technique, there is a very slim chance for getting tendonitis because it's very ergonomic um, the way that it's done. So, uh, and one of the things that Carlos had said was when you wrap the yarn around your pinky finger and you have your first finger lifted up in the air, Um, for the yarn tension that is the shortest way to tendonitis and he is so right because I um, have had to take a few breaks from knitting because I was starting to to feel it Uh, so uh, it didn't take me very long to learn the purl stitch the knit stitch I was already doing all I had to do was correct and not wrap the yarn around my pinky and um kind of keep you know making sure that my first finger was down um close to the knitting needle and um then the purl technique uh it it took a i don't know it took a little bit but not that long and and so now i'm just like knitting and purling away it's just just uh, a revelation it really is so if you have been having issues With the way you're knitting and it hurting your fingers, your hands, your wrist, um, you might want to give this a try. I know that some people have their techniques that they love and that's what they've been doing forever, Uh, so and that's fine, but I am so happy that I found a technique that I can do and um, not have the frustration that I was having before, so... Yay! And I am working on that elementary rap that um, Vicki Holloway is working on from, she has a podcast, My Creative Corner 3. And um, Kristen Esser is also working on it. So it's it's kind of a thing that sort of I, I heard heard on the podcast and then saw Vicki post a picture. So I got interested in it and I thought it would be a great exercise, which it is because all it is, is, um, I think they call it a, I think they call it a stockinette, um, stitch where you, every row is, um, reversed. So you do a row of knit, a row of purl back to knit to purl. And then there's just a little edging, um, um, border that you make with the first three stitches um and yeah it's it's really great and i did not pull out so i have probably about i don't know two two three inches of the stitching before (laughs) you can definitely see the difference of before the norwegian technique and after the norwegian knitting technique but i left it in there because i am this is always going to remind me when i have finally like the light bulb finally clicked and i finally learned um how to do the purl stitch correctly and 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 ergonomically correct i mean it's just so exciting all right so today's guest features a family-owned Etsy business called Hard Rock Woodworks, and I talked to Wayne, um, his wife Jane, and their daughter Katie. They have a really interesting story, and I love seeing um Just businesses that expand into the family and love supporting small businesses as well. So stay tuned to the end because there's a special promo code for you guys um, to their shop as well. Today, my guest is Wayne Giuliano, the owner of an Etsy shop called Hard Rock Woodworks. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. Thanks for being on the show. And we also see Jane sitting next to you, and that is your wife, who is a quilter. Yay. Hello. And then to the left of me is Katie, your daughter, who is also part, um, integral part of Hard Rock Woodworks. Absolutely. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first of all, I just want to tell everyone where you're at. I think it is Maryland, correct? (laughs)
1: Yeah, we're in a little town called Monrovia, Maryland, which is about 30 miles north of Washington, D.C.
0: Great. And um, I actually used to live in Ellicott City, which is not too far from you. Yeah, back in the late late 90s. (laughs) Yep. So, um, yeah, I love Maryland. I got very depressed when I moved back here because their landscape is so beautiful out there and the season's... Um, are a little bit long, so you can enjoy fall longer than here, and and spring starts earlier. <laughs> Those mid- and the
1: winter isn't usually very hard, right? It's a lot the more mild, east. yeah,
0: mm. yeah. So um, anyway, I, I do have a love for Maryland, and um, so let's talk about your online shop. It's basically, um, you know, you you sell things that you make and they're mostly fine woodworking. And um, and then you also have products on there, so you must have a 3D printer, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we'll talk about all of that stuff. Um, and it seems like you're always kind of doing some new product development, um, and part of that is for the quilting world, which is really cool, too. But it, that's not the only type of product that you have, um, so we'll talk about that, too. You have some pretty um, interesting things um, on the shop there. So, let's talk about your woodworking and and also, how long have you had this Etsy shop?
1: I think we're right at a year now. We've only been doing this for about a year.
0: Okay. Wow. And then, uh, but you've been doing woodworking for probably much longer than that, correct?
1: <laughs> I, I've been doing woodworking as a hobby for my whole life. Wow. Um, it was just a hobby though until a year ago the first thing I ever sold was a year ago when we opened up the Etsy shop Uh, most of the things that I did were um, you know I'm I'm a tinkerer by nature so I like to fix things and so most of the woodwork when I started was you know to work around the house and to do some things in the house and then you keep expanding off of that you know and I built some furniture for us when we were young and and, and you know we need we didn't have the money to buy furniture, mm-hmm. so I made furniture. Um, That's pretty cool. And then we'd make things for friends, and then as the family grew, you'd make things for for different people in the family. But it was just a hobby. It was a hobby that just started um, like most of my hobbies out of necessity because I didn't have enough money to buy the furniture, so I had to build it.
0: So. Wow! But most people aren't that. Um... I guess talented or skilled to like just make their own furniture, <laughs> so that's pretty. That's pretty a good yeah, undertaking to do.
1: Yeah, that's always been strange to me. I've heard people say that before, and I go, I don't understand. You, 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 a piece of furniture, you go build a piece of furniture. I don't I,
0: don't there's understand. a little bit more to it than that. I've watched <laughs> Bob Vila, so. <laughs> but
1: um, well, you know that's <laughs> interesting because because a lot of the. The, where I got a lot of the initial uh, impetus and, and to, to, to try to do those things was from New Yankee Workshop and Bob Villa. Oh. And it was from those kind of shows, right? Where, where you know, he, he showed that it, the, the techniques weren't that hard. They were something that anybody could pick wow. up with, and with the, some really basic tools.
0: The Yankee Workshop also had the other guy, uh, Norm. Norm, yeah.
1: Yeah, Norm, the greatest, the greatest woodcraft.
0: Yeah, girl. but I'm telling you, his wood shop was outfitted it's like you know, yeah. if if it were a quilter's room, it would have a long arm, it would have <laughs> know, a mid arm, sergers, multiple sewing machines. <laughs> That's yeah, mine how his workshop.
1: Into one of his closets. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I wish I had half of it. No, a quarter of what he had. You're yeah. right. He had the greatest workshop in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I loved watching him. And he was a very good, like, I don't know, the camera work. It did nice close ups. And I mean, I thought I kind of understood what it was he was doing. But then, you know, I see. Think I, I think I try to tinker a little bit and I'm like, I can't. No, I need to stick with fabric. <laughs> So, um, but you know, my brother like does, did, he did not doesn't do it so much anymore, but he got into this thing with woodworking and he wanted to do like just the old fashioned way with no electric tools and like the hand planers and stuff like that. And I thought he was crazy, but he realized after a while that it just took too long to make stuff, but he made my sister this beautiful cradle. And it turned out beautifully. And that got passed down to so many of our nieces and nephews. So I think that anything made with your hands, um, whether you have the you know wherewithal or not, is like an invaluable gift and and, and talent and skill. So um yeah. and,
1: and it will last hundreds of years. You know, it was funny this week I was actually helping my sister move, and as we were moving my sister I, every now and then, something would go past. Then I'd say, "Hey, I made that for you. thirty years ago, right? I made it 30 years ago. I forgot all about that. I oh. made that. <laughs> so that was good. you you're, you're, not. You're right. It is kind of neat if it's made well mm-hmm. with some quality um, um, workmanship and some quality." products woods and stuff mm-hmm. it'll it can, it can really last for hundreds of years
0: yeah yeah it really can and and now people are you know finding that you know antiques and and so forth were made from there just like there aren't really many um, you know craftsmen or fine woodworkers that do the stuff that they used to do like hundred years ago by hand. So, and that stuff is now becoming pretty valuable and people are seeking it out, uh, which is kind of cool. And um, so, uh, so that's just how you started. That's very interesting. Um, what made you want to start the Etsy shop then a year ago? Well, COVID
1: affected a lot of people's lives and it affected my life in a way where i had a lot more free time than i than i did previous to that so so in that i was trying to figure out you know how we could add some money to the family and and keep my mind active and give me something to do during the days when i didn't have um you know my normal amount of work to do and uh so I actually, I think I turned to Katie and said, I I want to start an Etsy shop, you know, almost tongue in cheek. And um, by the end of the week, there was an Etsy shop up and running, not because I did it, because she did it for me. And she said, dad, there's an Etsy shop. Now there was only one thing on it at the time and it happened to be, and and this will be a theme as we go through. it, It was probably about a month before then my wife said, I want a tailor's clapper. Go make me a tailor's clapper. <laughs> so I so I looked at it and I went, yeah, I can do that, and no, I'll go make you one. So I made her a tailor's clapper, and when we put the Etsy shop up, the only thing that was on it was the tailor's clapper. That
0: oh was, wow, that was your, that first, was your first product. product. Yeah. Nice. So, so Katie, what 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 was your reaction when your dad told you <laughs> he wanted to open an Etsy shop? <laughs> oh well, he
2: he had a couple crazy ideas. He was talking about working at Best Buy part time, and <laughs> he was talking about building a garage. And but um, you know, he really he would never. He's a very modest man. He's extremely skilled in woodworking. I, I live in in DC, and I'm you know in my apartment right now. of my furniture is made by him and it's, it's gorgeous. And I do, I have a nightstand that he made when I was a a child and it's still here and I still use it. I mean, the furniture is just beautiful. So when he said he wanted to do woodworking, I mean, of course, I I knew that because of who he is and how he works, whatever he made out of wood was going to be stunning and gorgeous and extremely high quality. And I knew that no matter what the product was, that it would sell and that people would really appreciate it because he's unbelievably talented. So that's yeah. pretty easy. I know. <laughs> that's just a quick, a quick Google search, right? <laughs> just look up how to how to start an Etsy shop. And, you know, actually we we got in touch with uh, my, my sister because, you know, I have three siblings and my sister does some graphic design. She made a bunch of graphic design stuff and It's Like you said, we got everything together in like a week. Yep, my sister made the logo. He's we all shirts with the logo on it, but my sister made the logo, he made a couple other graphics, and we were in business. The Etsy shop was the easy part.
0: That is so cool. It's that's nice that you have those resources right within your immediate family. Um, and it just seems to all fall into place. And that logo is cool, it's like a circular saw, and then you have your name, Hard Rock Woodworks, kind of going through it. That's a really very yeah, cool. well,
1: there's actually more in that logo than that. If you look at the top of the logo which looks like just a little bump, it yeah. turns out to be a local mountain. It's called Sugarloaf Mountain. <gasps> yeah. and that is the silhouette of Sugarloaf Mountain and the reason we we put that there is I have I have hiked Sugarloaf Mountain my latest estimate is somewhere around four hundred times, wow, so hiked up to the top of Sugarloaf Mountain, so it's just one of the things that and my kids of Katie' has hiked it with me you know dozens and dozens of times, and all my boys have hiked it with me. My wife doesn't hike up to the top of the Sugarloaf Mountain, so <laughs> we ended up putting Sugarloaf Mountain on there, and that's there's so there's a little bit more to the logo than just that
0: that's cool, yeah. It makes it even that much more like meaningful to you guys. All right, so now you've got this Etsy shop, and you put. I wanted to say back up though to what Katie said because, um, you know, when you were telling me, "Oh, I'm just tinkering around and stuff like that," and I have taken a very in depth look at your shop, and I've seen your Instagram posts and those um, cookbook stands with the purple heartwood. I mean, there is fine craftsmanship in your products and i can tell that uh so um you know it's it's pretty evident and i think that's also probably why people um like to buy from your shop as well I just thank you very much <laughs> uh okay so um let's let's get into these items that you design you design like when your wife said she wanted you to make her um a clapper did you how did you go about that did you look you know kind of research at some and then you just made this design on your own did you make prototypes and how quickly did All right, that come well, together we'll, we'll,
1: we'll <laughs> do that. so it, by trade I'm an engineer so I have a design there's a, there's a design thing that happens in my mind and 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 I was you know trained as a professional engineer so so i I like to design things. It's not you know people uh, I know that some people get very um, um intimidated by that word, but for me, it's that's what you do. you You put something on a piece of paper. So mm-hmm. the way I handle most of my designs is because I do have an engineering background is i i I do end up doing three d drawings for almost all of my designs. So I go back to a CAD package and actually design it. So I design every dimension, every. Every everything. And then after that, if I'm working with a client and we get a lot of our ideas from, from people just coming and saying, could you build me something? If I'm working with a client, what I'm going to do, and I'll show you, is is I usually take that 3D model and I make it into um, a photo rendering. Here's a picture of that. And I think it's the this, this exact cookbook holder that you were talking about. I, so is, this was yeah. for a client. This was... Someone had called me and said, would you make a a special cookbook holder? I love the purple heart, which is the purple wood that's in the stripes, Mm -hmm. and contrasted with the maple. Can you make that? We went back and forth on this design about, oh, probably six or seven times until we got the right dimensions, the right number of stripes and everything. (laughs) And what I'll do now is and we worked off of these drawings, and then – Here's, you know, here's the product that you're just talking about. Right. So yeah, it's beautiful. So most of the time, if I go through enough iterations on the 3D, um, the 3D model, most of the time we can build the product directly off the 3D model. If I spend the, really spend the time to bring the design to the level that, that gets it so that, that we can build it. Um, so I don't build a lot of prototypes mostly.
0: Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. For
1: the most part, the first one we build is mm-hmm. the first one we sell. And and I have done many, many things. I can tell you, just it's it's just the way that I like to work. I've done many, many things where you put, you, you know, you, you just go down to the workshop and you say, OK, I want it to be two cubits by one cubit. And you start building it. And then as you're putting it together, you go, ah, the proportions aren't right. It's, it should be thinner. And, and then you kind of throw that one away and you do it again. And you get, and you can design that way. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I've done it many, many times. Mm-hmm. But what I've done lately, um, for, for, especially for the last year when the Etsy shop was open, is do it as the 3D model. Now, I'm lucky enough that I can do that kind of work. And then I can go through those iterations. If I get a model that I can rotate and see all of its different sizes, those questions of, is that proportion right? You can get most of those worked out before you ever go to the shop. So, so we, we're doing pretty good right now, being able to bring it the the ideas directly from an idea into a piece of wood.
0: And by the 3d model, uh, Are you meaning like through a 3D printer or you're still through your CAD software with the 3D?
1: CAD software. I I have printed things for sure Uh to see what they look like. But for the most part in the wooden things, it's just through the CAD software.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. That's great. Um, And then uh, so the clapper and I I took a look and – and that line has grown. So you have many different sizes and diff- a couple of different species of wood. Um, and then, uh, so we'll talk about those first. And then um, I saw a post on your Instagram where there was like this mega clapper <laughs> that your wife wanted. Uh, so <laughs> the clappers, the clapper, I think the
1: first clapper I made for Jane was about a 10 inch clapper, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was a 10-inch clapper, and that's the one we put up on the website. And, and almost instantly, we got people coming back saying, can I have a 5-inch clapper? Well, can I have a 7-inch clapper? Now, I, I, I Jane might know, and you might know, I have no idea why people want these precise clappers. It seems like a 10-inch clapper is fine for me, but... <laughs> and then we got we got people. So all of these are requests from from customers coming oh, back. Oh, okay. Oh, I'd like a seven inch one. I'd like a trend <laughs> one. And then we had a twelve inch one. I went, "Wow, would anybody ever want with a twelve inch clapper? So we have twelve inch ones. Then the really large ones started coming out. Like people would say, geez, do you have one that's six inches by six inch squares? Oh, we, so they
0: can like so press their whole did, block.
1: yeah but it got bigger we've made a 10 inch by 14 inch clapper which is i mean it's practically a full piece of wood it weighs Uh about 40 pounds oh my goodness about 15 pounds when you're done it's it's a great big hunk of wood we've made for people (laughs) wow the the species comes comes from so that's where all the different sizes and so as people would ask for a size we would we kind of standardized our sizes now. We've got 5, 7, 10, and 12. We do have a 6-inch square clapper. Oh, and then the small ones. Then people started asking, can instead of the clappers are 3 inches wide, they said, can you make one 1-inch one wide? And then other people asked for one that was 2 inches wide. So we've got those variations. Huh. All, of them were, all of them were people asking. So there's a specific need for that particular size. I don't even know what it is. People just ask me. We build one. <laughs>
0: um that the, uh, the narrow ones though i don't know how effective that would be you know it just doesn't have, seem like i
1: huh. You sold more than one of each i can tell you that <laughs>
0: i mean so me, so
3: what i what my feedback would be is that with those tailors clappers people are using them for sewing garments because you can fit them into smaller spaces and you can use them to really get that that like sharp sleeve. crisp like sleeves okay. or collar. Yeah, gotcha. that's that's the only guess that I have. Right, right. Other guess that I have is that um, people would use them for retreats because they're smaller and they'll fit in there. You know, they're not as heavy and they're not as big. That's the only guess that I have that people would want them. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that. You know, um, I have big hands. My husband has big hands. I like that big clapper. <laughs> I think some some people have said to Wayne, you know, I would like something a little smaller. My hands are smaller. Uh-huh. I don't want it to be three inches. Two inches would fit my hand better, which I totally understand. If you're mm-hmm. more petite and you have a smaller hand, that makes total sense to me.
0: Right. So right.
3: it was very important though for me that the clapper have the weight that we really need for for getting the crisp seam right that's so important
0: yeah yeah absolutely and this whole clapper thing is like right now a phenomenon (laughs) especially in like the quilting world uh because just like I don't know how long my I don't want to say five years but certainly 10 years ago you rarely saw a clapper out there and I've been using one for a long time because people who sew clothing use those and so that's how I knew about it and I did start using it when I started quilting. Um, so I was on a search because I could not find it anywhere. like I, I couldn't like not even at the big box stores or anything. Uh, so I, I I searched one down and I got this the vintage june taylor one and yeah. uh and i've had it ever since and it's just it's just been pretty like just um interesting to see how all of a sudden this has like come back into the circulation of so <laughs> sew, sewing and quilting people um especially right. quilters because i don't think quilters ever used this even like back in the 70s i'm not sure but i mean i was just a yeah little i don't know well, and so when,
3: when Wayne was designing the first clapper with, with my suggestions, um, I did I did know about the tape the tapered clapper. So you showed a, a clapper that tapers from a wide end down to a narrow end. Yes. And so what was really important to me is that I am a quilter. I, I have done garment sewing, but I really I'm looking for this to help me get that really good crisp seam without using the iron and a lot of steam and maybe potentially distorting so i insisted that the clapper be the same width all the way around okay um, because i thought that was really important to get the your your quilt block doesn't taper so right. the taper option uh, gives that person the option for garment sewing to have the thin clapper and the wide clipper clapper in one whereas this clapper is made more for quilting because it's going to go the, along the whole seam of your block. Right. So it was really important to me to have that. And I also insisted a lot of people put a logo on, um, Wayne does have a branding iron that he uses to put his logo on. Um, but the, um, I didn't want that. I said, you, you can never put that on a clapper. I don't want that on a clapper because, and he's still, uh, I don't want his logo on this clapper. <laughs> it's not on this clapper. It's nowhere on this clapper because I did not want that to be any impetus when you're when you're flattening out a scene. If that logo happened to create any type of indent, that would be awful. That would mortify me as a quilter. So there's nothing embossed on this so that on purpose so that there's no way for that to happen.
0: So so then you you can use either side.
3: Correct. And that was what was so important to me. Now, some people have asked for some wood burning effects on it to maybe show their own logo or something that they want. And that's a wonderful idea. And um, our, our, you know, our daughter, Katie, is the one who can do that with unbelievable ability. But that just means to me that it's a one sided clapper, still perfectly fine and really cute to bring on retreats if you have a nice logo on there but but for the for me just that everyday clapper i don't want to think about it let me yeah. just grab it and stick it on my scene that's what was important to me well that's
0: i mean it's good thought into that it, may, it makes perfect sense and and you get like you know double the use of it but i i will say um, they uh, Wayne sent me um, a clapper, and it's, I love the little size, <laughs> because I already have the long one. So I, mm-hmm. when I opened it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Um, and it's almost like the size of a, um, you know, shows my age, of course, but the, uh, any uh, chalkboard eraser. <laughs> um,
1: it is. Absolutely. One of the questions you asked earlier was species. So, yes. So I started, we started with maple, because maple is pretty classic. You, you had the other one that you had there. If you look at uh, old, if you go into old tailor shops, you see all of their their wooden implements are all made out of maple. Mm-hmm. And they're a beautiful, They over time, they turn into a beautiful golden color, right? And yours is aged pretty well. That one yeah. right there. And it's got a nice golden color. Mine will turn that, but it takes 30, 40, 50 years. But I was going mean. to
0: ask you, will, will this turn into this color <laughs> over it time? Will, yeah. But if you
1: notice, one of the things that Jane also insists is there's no finish on this. This is just raw maple because she didn't want to have any opportunity of staining the fabrics. Yeah. Right? So, yeah that's- so this is just raw wood. So there's no stain on it. That's the color it is. That's the color of maple. And it will yellow. It continue to get... More and more gold in as it gets older mm. and older. Then we then we we have an absolutely wonderful wood shop here mm-hmm. uh, in Frederick, Maryland. Uh, it's called Frederick Woodworks, and they have. Um, anywhere from you know just maple like that to pine any other wood but we went in there the other day and there was an entire walnut tree that had been cut into live edge slabs it was just absolutely Mm -hmm. gorgeous beautiful beautiful wood and when we went in there the lady that's there Marianne has just absolutely wonderful and she 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 asked me what I was doing with the walnut so I showed her and we talked about Mm -hmm. it she said i got another wood that i think that you would like and this is the other wood that we use which is called ambrosia maple Mm -hmm. and 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 we call it striped maple but its real name is ambrosia maple it has a few other names Uh, it it effectively is the same wood Mm -hmm. it's maple it's hard maple it's the same tree but because of certain things that happen in the tree it develops these stripes so we do this separately they're both the same exactly the same uh, you know, the same wood, same density, same everything, but it just looks different. It looks really neat. Some yeah. of these turn out to be absolutely gorgeous. Really beautiful.
0: They are. They're really cool, and they they to me also. I think I don't know. They look kind of edgy and cool and modern. So I think that would appeal to a lot of modern quilters because uh, it has that that look to it.
1: We we've had uh, we've got one person in, in particular who who asked me to make almost everything that I make in my shop out of ambrosia maple.
3: (laughs) I will say one thing about the ambrosia maple is it does have some natural holes in it, uh but that doesn't affect, I've tried it and it doesn't have any effect on your seams or your fabric. It does have natural holes. It's part of the wood. And it's actually when you put your hand over it, you can't even feel the holes, Uh but it again creates that look with that, that uniqueness. Um, and it's, you know, it goes all the way to the end. There's the stripe on the end. So it's very unique.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that before. It's, it is very unique. And um, the the other thing, too, is um, the, the use of these tailor clappers is that um, from what I always understood was that um, when you put this down on the seam, um, it, it kind of absorbs the steam from the iron. And really, that's what kind of like makes um, this permanent crease uh, in the fabric.
3: That's true, and the yeah. other part of it is if you put an iron on the fabric, you can only hold it on for so long, right? right. So you're gonna scorch. Yeah. So what happens is you put the iron on with some steam, preferably, but it doesn't have to have steam that the clapper will still work, and the heat. Then you remove it and immediately put the clapper on with a little press. Mm-hmm. And what happens is the wood holds in the heat and the steam. Mm-hmm. But again, you don't have to use steam. And it allows that crease to continue to happen mm-hmm. even when you're not putting the active heat on. So you're not going to burn or scorch your fabrics. Right. But you're going to continue to press in that seam without having that motion of the iron that we're not supposed to use. Because right. we, <laughs> right. we're not iron. Pressing, yes. and that way it makes that seem significantly crisper which i think is one of the best words ever but it makes it a crisper it
0: right mm-hmm. yeah i love it that's um and i think that when the more people are noticing that from these tools that's what i think it has to be why there's this like resurgence of i need a clapper yeah. <laughs> um and okay so uh aside from the clappers um what other quilting um are are there other wooden products i can't remember uh that you've made and sell in the shop there aren't any
3: yeah he doesn't have any specific wooden implements that he uses for quilting but what we found was we had uh, one person who was very interested in taking the cookbook holder that we mentioned earlier, uh-huh. and they've, pr- they've requested certain sizes, and they put their pattern on the cookbook holder on their work surface. Okay. And that's what they use to support the pattern while they're working so they can see what they're working from. Oh, okay. So the way he designed the cookbook holder, it can hold an, iP- an iPhone or any type of, mo- you know, a cellular phone. It can hold a tablet but this person specifically put up their um, paper pattern, and it was really helpful. So that's the only other wood product that specifically speaks to that, but we found that it's been really helpful.
0: Oh, that's great. And let's talk about that one, because um, you also use some interesting uh, species of wood in that one. And um, uh, it, the, there's a, a wood called, um, what is it called, sepala? C- Sapelli. Sapelli. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I looked it up. It's pretty right. interesting. But describe that that's on the outer like parts of the book.
1: It is. See, I'll, I'll show you this. This is actually a cutting board. Well, it's not, it's a charcuterie board that we make that you can put a glass of wine in. So you can hold your glass, your wine glass. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I bring this is because this has sapelli. sapelli. And And what you're seeing here is sapelli and and you my daughter will will back me up when when sapelli doesn't look like anything until we put the finish on it and when we put the finish on it it glows the the the, the grain on that wood is spectacular absolutely spectacular and this this outside wood here then that's these two frames are maple again because I have lots of maple in my shop mm-hmm. and then walnut in the middle and the three colors I think just go absolutely wonderful together they so do yeah,
0: yeah I do have
1: I don't have one here with me but I do have a um, a cookbook holder that has that incorporates this color scheme right here
0: mm-hmm yeah and um the sapelli too sort of like it reminds me of mahogany and when i looked it up that's what it also said that it was kind of like compared to as far as the color um yeah and the grain and the, and the grain. grain is yeah. is spectacular
1: yeah. yeah absolutely spectacular
0: yeah cuz yeah. ma- mahogany is known for that i don't i don't know if it's more cathedral graining but y- you could get really beautiful like book matched um patterns from it for like furniture um it's so beautiful so I'm sure that kind of might act the same way um and the purple heart that was the other um species
1: yeah well the purple heart the purple heart like you know you mentioned this board this again this board was as I said this board was the idea not our it wasn't our design it was a design actually that we worked with one of our customers developed this design but it was it was her thought that said well i'd love to have stripes of that purple wood because the purple wood against the maple again the 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 light color is maple in here Mm -hmm. the purple against the maple is just so beautiful and we just kept working with her until we got the right proportions here's one where the proportions made a difference we we originally said I don't remember what to say. It was, she said, oh, I want four stripes that are inch long. And we put it together and it looked terrible. It looked absolutely horrible. <laughs> we never committed it to wood, right? We committed <laughs> it to paper. So we could continuously just move the stripes around, change the dimensions a little bit until we got something that we thought proportionally worked pretty good. These, this one is actually uh, bordered on the edge with walnut. This is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's beautiful. And it, the... The way you use the maple with the darker color, it, it's striking, and it's it's a really yeah. good design. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, maple is just it's it's it brings this pop of white that's almost yeah. not expected. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And um, so. Let's stay on the quilting thing, and then we're going to talk about some of the other products you've made, because I think they're really interesting. Um, but your 3D printed products, so now you've got um, the um, the templates for English paper piecing, the hexagons?
1: Right. That was, some, that was a request from somebody I know, too. Right here. <laughs> My wife started doing English paper pressing, which I, I I still not sure that I know exactly what that is, but... But she said, "I need these hexagons," and she, <laughs> and she said, "She said, look." And I, I, I don't remember the, the the price, but she said, "Look, they're twenty five dollars a piece." I said, "I'll make one for you," and I went downstairs and I made one for her. And she said, "All okay. right, it's going on in the shop," <laughs> so.
0: which is great. And yeah, those acrylic ones, like they are so pricey. I don't understand it, but. Um... But what was nice about your design is that, um, Jane, you probably told him that you needed it open so you could fussy cut. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right? right. Yeah, yeah. And then the two sizes, so the size that you can cut your paper out and then the larger size for the fabric. Um, and I love, purple is my favorite color so I like that they're purple <laughs>
3: <laughs> well you can get them in any color but we do show them predominantly in the purple because I actually really love that purple, it's a shimmery purple that, that has, a, has, a, has a little bit of a uh, a glow, like one of those famous designers that likes uh, purple, you know, it's got that real shimmer to it. Oh, cool. First the 3D pieces. I mean, the, uh, yeah, the 3D printer, we also, it actually started with the thread cutter because when I do chain piecing, I really, I, I actually snipped the end of my finger when I was clipping them one day. And I said, oh. I have to get one of those thread cutters. And once again, I looked for the cost and said, <laughs> I you can make this for me. So I asked him And then once again, we moved it to the shop, but it it just, it's, it's a very lightweight, simple one. And what was important to me is that he made it so that you can change the blade so that if you really do a long time you can change the blade whereas the other type are they're plastic you're throwing away yes i don't want that so this is something that you can just take the blade out and switch the blade
0: yeah that's fantastic pretty innovative there and i love it like you you ask him to to make you stuff for your for your work you know quilting uh and then it goes into the shop (laughs) That's awesome. That's what I, well, I lost my train of thought. And I was going to say, it must be really nice that anytime you need something, you're like, Hey, can you make me this? <laughs> well, for those, for those
3: women who are listening, or men who are listening, it is wonderful to have a partner who can make anything. But most of the time, it's when he wants to make that. So right now, it's great. But mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, there have been times when I say, I would like this. And he goes, yep, when the mood strikes me, I'm going <laughs> to go in that direction. So I do I don't disagree. I agree with you. But if you have a partner out there that's like that, mm-hmm. it's also on their timetable and what works for them and what
1: inspires them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. creativity can't be demanded.
0: <laughs> like my husband always says, I'm not a trick pony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he always says that. <laughs>
1: Katie. Katie calls me a trick monkey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so um, I, yeah, that's a, a great thing about the uh, thread cutter that you can change the blade. And then the other thing that he he did, which again was my request, was I saw
3: these expensive magnets that are housed in plastic simply because the magnets can dirty your fabric. And I didn't, I wanted to have, I, I actually got the magnets myself <clears> and then it dirtied the fabric and ruined those two that I was made, those two hexagons. So I asked him to make a plastic housing so that then I could have these to hold my two pieces of, you know, hexagon pieces together mm-hmm. so that I could sew them as I was teaching myself English paper piecing. And that was born. That was the, that was the next item that was born That's that right. ended up in this. So,
0: Wow. So uh, so you'll keep them busy and keep adding yes. things to the shop for us quilters.
3: <laughs> well, and as people think of it and have requested things, we, we still continue to look uh, and try and evolve and, um, and develop new ideas.
1: Almost, almost, well not. All of our ideas come from someone asking for something. Either if it's our family and saying, gee, dad, can you make me something? You know, that drives me to go through my design process. And then once I get the design done and I think I can I can replicate it you know reasonably well then it goes on the sh- on the shop but lately you know I think the predominance of our ideas are coming from the customers they're coming from people saying geez can can you make that so everybody hearing this, <laughs> hearing the sound of my voice if you're going gee I can't find a I mean give us a call give us a yell maybe we can do it and as, and as Jane said maybe the inspiration doesn't hit me but, but that's, where, that's where a lot of that's where most of our inspiration is coming from right
0: now. Oh that's good good to know. Some of the other things that you have made um, are kind of items that help people um, so like for you've made these little blocks uh, for tricycles for kids i think yeah or yeah well
1: what my 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 wife does quilting for hobby, but she takes care of, of children with special needs as a profession oh. right? so the rest of those ideas are coming again from my wife or from friends of my wife that are asking for things that they need to help kids with special needs that was a, a request that um a friend of my wife came in and said you know We used to be able to buy an adaptation for tricycles so that we could help uh, kids with special needs ride tricycles. But he says, but they went out of business. We can't find anything anymore. Can you make something for it? I happen to have one. Hmm. So I I made it out of plywood. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a, a really simple device that you just clamp on. So the pedal goes in between here and you clamp it on the pedal and then you can put the, Child's foot down, to, um, put attach the child's foot with Velcro so that they can keep their foot stable. Mm-hmm. But again, I go back to 3D printer. The reason that I could do this and other people could do this, of course, but the reason that it was relatively straightforward for me to do this is because first it's wood. I know how to do wood. But if you notice the backing plate, which is an essential part of it, it's yeah. 3D printed. Oh, yeah. For the so heel.
0: It, mm-hmm.
1: It's the, the, heel. Yeah, the yeah. heel cup. Yeah, the heel cup. So the heel cup is 3D printed. So, so the 3D printer is not only we don't just build products with that. I mean, we use the 3D printer to build parts for, um, you know, this product, which is which is a the pediatric tripe. This is a very big seller. This has turned out to be very very popular in their in their store. Yeah. I like working on these, and my wife my wife especially likes to do things. We've gotten so much great feedback. On these, from parents and from uh, professionals, that that you know, just thank us so much for making that available for
3: us. There's been um, product evolution, so you know, we have we actually when we give people a set of the pedals, um, we give them two different sizes of the uh, bolt so that they can fit it on whatever size pedal they have uh-huh. to make sure that it's adaptable for whatever's needed for this for the child. Wayne also just recently developed a longer one because of course, children like to ride bikes even when they're older. So now there's longer, longer ones, and even for adults. So he makes it out of this very strong plywood that's thicker than what you would buy in, say Home Depot. It's not purchased in Home Depot. So it's a very thick, very strong um, plywood. And um, we also extended the length of the straps so that the straps can fit over the the child's braces so that when they wear braces on their feet to keep their feet straight, this allows that to fit over. And then I think uh, one of the most important things that Wayne committed to when he started making these is that for every pair that he sells, he donates one to um, the local school system so that they can be used for children in schools and preschools, but also in in, typical K through 12 schools so that they can um, adapt the bikes. Because we know that Schools aren't funded right. with a lot of money, so this is an opportunity for them to have that. So we make sure that that happens for each pair that's sold.
0: That's wonderful. That's that's so great, and um, I'm sure that that the schools appreciate it. And and just I was thinking too, as you were describing, you know how how it fits around their brace and stuff, and I'm thinking about how these children's lives are greatly impacted, and this gives them joy. <laughs> to be able to ride a, a bike or a tricycle or, you know, wh- whereas they wouldn't have been able to without it.
3: Correct. Yeah. And I, we've gotten some unbelievably adorable photos, yeah. Katie's smiling, but the cutest photos of, of, of some of the people that have bought them from Wayne and, and they've said, my kid can finally now ride a bike. And
1: it's just unbelievably wonderful. Oh man! Yeah. And we have some, some, uh, a, a small handful of other products that are along that line which are just transfer boards um, to help uh, children get from wheelchairs to uh, desks and you know, help them with a little bit with their mobility. But if anybody listening's got ideas of things that could help that, that community, mm-hmm. that's something that really we really enjoy doing and we would really spend a lot of time and effort trying to help that community.
0: Oh, yeah. That's really great. I just feel like the longer I'm talking to you, that it's just so evident that uh, you've just, you, you have found your <laughs> your your calling or, you know, you're doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And you have, it sounds to me like you have joy in the passion for doing it, which is always important. And, you know, we talk about it a lot uh, in, you know, the quilt world of, um, you know, all of our crafts being very cathartic and therapeutic for us. Um, And, you know, if you don't like it or the second it's not fun, then you're not going to do it, right? Well, I have
3: to say that many, many years ago, and Wayne may or may not remember this, I took him to a craft fair and uh, there was a gentleman selling some furniture or some items and he said, I I don't know that I want to do that. I, I don't want my hobby to become my job because then I may not like it. And I have to tell you that in the last year that Wayne has been doing this, he, he worries and, and wants to be sure that everyone is happy and he really wants to ensure that that people are happy with what their product or successful with the items that we make with ch- for children or, or adults with disabilities. But I have not seen him be unhappy. I think this has been something that has enhanced his life and it has not been a negative, it has only been a positive. And uh, I think it's, it's helped us as a family to be even closer because everybody, you know, is part of this. Katie is our Instagram person. And my oldest daughter, Sarah is our graphic designer and our, my sons have been involved in giving ideas. And I think that it has only just made his life better and more positive. And the more that he can do and the more that he can either help people or put things in their hands that make their lives and their hobbies better, I think that the happier he is.
0: Yeah, that's, that sounds great. And it is, I always like seeing when um, people start their own business and then it grows and then it then becomes like this family business and it allows them to spend time with their family and gives them the flexibility, you know, of, you know, not doing that, that grind and not being able to see your family cause you're working or so forth. So, um, I mean, I've talked to many people on the podcast and it started off with just, you know, the one person. And then after a year or maybe after so many years, then their husband kind of came on board <laughs> and <laughs> it's so cool to see that. I really love it. And, the, and the, the support, the support, there is, I think, really important and I'm not sure that these, you know, people, entrepreneurs would have gotten as far if they didn't have that support behind them.
1: Our shop has grown significantly since we've started and the reason that it's grown is because I've got a daughter that that really knows how to get it out there and get people excited and get people to come to our site and take a look at things. Um, you know, my wife says, I make sure that our product is good enough that people want to come back. And we certainly have returning customers mm-hmm. and, and, and my wife makes sure she's my quality control agent. She makes sure that, that nothing goes out of this house unless it's, unless it's done properly. And, <laughs> and, 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 and it's, you, we, we talk about what we have a business meeting
2: every, every, uh, every day in, at, at dinnertime.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: Yeah, That's we amazing. do. I have to say, uh, you know, people always say, don't, don't go into business with your family, but now I think it helps that we all know who the CEO is. It's <laughs> <That's> clear. <laughs> That's there's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have, we have, we call them business meeting, A little business meeting every day over dinner. We all call each other virtually and we talk about what's going on and it's just, uh, it's fun. I have, I have been
1: relatively high in business uh, organizations in my past. And so uh, Katie, I make sure that the family has a monthly business review. Um, so we go <laughs> through, we go over and they, and they're, they're, they get, cause I'm, I put a, a PowerPoint presentation together and it shows, it shows our sales and it shows our growth and it shows wow. what we, you know, what our, uh, our, 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 um, our demographics are and, 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 and even though they don't want to, they usually sit around and listen to the whole thing.
0: Yeah. It's more, <laughs> but it
1: happens every month.
0: Power, uh, PowerPoint keeps like t- starting to glaze over there. <laughs> Numbers.
2: You <laughs> sound like a nice boss now, but uh, every now and then he, he threatens a demotion. <laughs> <laughs> every now and oh then. God.
3: That's too funny. But it is true. It's part of that pandemic thing that we all learned. You know, there's a lot of lives have been lost and it has really affected all of us in so many ways. But we have learned, uh, you know, my children have all grown and flown the coop. But how wonderful that we could have time at dinner, even if it's just on a tablet where we're talking to each other about our day or about what's going on. And I think people have learned to communicate and connect in so many different ways. And I think that's one of the things that we have learned as well.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So Jane, you're you're a big part of product development and quality control. Um, so that's <laughs> great. Um, and what? So is the clapper your top selling quilter product on your shop in your shop? By far. Yeah.
1: Or yes.
0: Okay, good. Um, and then. I thought I saw. Okay, so it comes in maple and then the stripe. Was there another? I thought I saw this beautiful. Yes, <laughs> walnut. So, so
1: our our friends at 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 Frederick uh, Hardwoods uh, went in there, and I I, I told her because uh, she gave me the idea about the ambrosia. And I told her, I said, this is absolutely, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we sell more of these than we do the plain maple ones. Mm-hmm. And people really like these ambrosia ones. Mm-hmm. And she said, you should do walnut. So this is a solid walnut um, clapper. Walnut's quite a bit more expensive than the maple, but the, and I don't know if you can see, the grain on walnut is absolutely spectacular now the thing with the thing about this one though because the grain walnut with no finish is kind of a muted gray color and when you put finish on it it just absolutely pops it's just beautiful wood so we do put a finish on this one my wife gave that she she allowed me to do that but (laughs) warn everybody now we haven't had what it is is mineral oil and wax um, so it's kind of a benign, it's kind of a benign finish, uh-huh. and we haven't had anybody tell us that they've had any particular issues with it. But we have to do this because it's, the walnut is just so beautiful after it's been finished. So we, we, we she's allowed me to finish this
0: one. Oh. But
3: back to quality, back to quality control. We, yeah. we finish them and let them sit and dry
0: uh-huh.
3: for a long time so that they, they are not sent out so that they would in any way get any of that on the fabric. It's right. very important very important to me. I still won't let him put the logo on, but we have to finish it because this walnut is so beautiful. It's breathtaking. If you watch any of the videos that Katie has done where they go from the the plain walnut to the finished walnut, it's just
2: striking. We have a lot of of poor videos before and after with lots of different woods. And for some of them, it's 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 really beautiful when you see the mineral hit. it's like a different a different wood they sparkle they shimmer the green comes out and the videos have been very popular with people who are not interested in wood or in quilting they're just really sad like it's that satisfying you know it's like the asmr kind of videos they're just really satisfying to just watch it pour on and then the wood comes out from underneath they're really beautiful they're they're addicting to watch those
0: (laughs) yeah and um when I saw that walnut in the shop I my jaw dropped and I was just like I think I'm gonna have to get this someday (laughs) because it is so beautiful it is stunning it that would be my favorite wood I mean I do like the ambrosia and it would be nice you know you could have a whole collection and then you can have like a little display <laughs> different well, <laughs> the different ones they will become collectibles
1: <laughs> we, you, you can anybody wants to could pick any wood they want i'm sure we could get it because we have such a wonderful wood store and we'd be glad to make it for it but the reason you use maple uh, like i said it's maple you go into an old tailor shop you see all kinds of implements made of maple mm-hmm. maple is the wood that tailors and quilters use right
0: right yeah so beautiful um so custom designs you talked about a bit and i guess um you've pretty much explained that too It's, it's a customer will just contact you and ask you if you can make a certain thing and then um if you want to go ahead and try it then how does that work you you do your your drawings and your cad drawings and then you
1: yeah almost always after that I'll do a drawing and I'll send it to the customer and say and, and and if it's going to a customer I'm going to make probably going to make a a photorealistic drawing and say is this what you're thinking of and and then we go back and forth with no I don't like this or can you do that and and, and we'll modify until it, uh, we get an agreement on what the design is mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm Okay, yeah, that's... Seems-
3: I will tell you, Wayne was mentioning some of the larger, more square or rectangle clappers. Yeah. And um, so some were, uh, well, one of them, I think, was 10 by 14 or 9 by 14. And I actually was following that person on Instagram myself and knew that they were doing a very large paper pieced pattern, foundational paper piecing. And so what they were doing is they were completing the, the block... And then they were placing this large clapper on it and leaving it hmm. for a period of time so that it can absolutely flatten that paper piece block and make sure. Cause you don't want to put a whole lot of heat and steam on your paper piecing when you're using foundation paper piecing, mm-hmm. warped paper, et cetera. So these are that's what this one person that's their their big specialty is doing foundation paper piecing. And they like to use these large, full size blocks to get that good press on mm. for their foundational blocks
0: before they they take the paper off. Correct. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, foundation paper piecing does create a lot of overlapped seams and bulk. So I could see yep. how that could be useful. Um, yeah, I think it's um, it's really good and I'm glad that I um, found you guys and that you have come onto my show. Um, it's really been lovely and I just, uh, hope you continued success with your, your shop. Let me know if there's anything else you want to want to say. Yes. As
2: the vice president of marketing, um, we do have a code. If anybody does want to stop by, it is, uh, Steph 10, 10% off. And then if you're, if you're just looking out, you know, we're going into the holiday season. We're definitely going to have some sales. So keep us keep us in mind if you're thinking, boy, this is really nice, but maybe I should wait for Christmas. Send your husband a little note. Say, hey, <laughs> Black Friday's coming up. Maybe you should take a look. We'll have some sales for sure. for the Oh,
0: wonderful. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and it was so nice to, to meet you, Katie, Jane, and Wayne.
3: Thank you very much. It's been wonderful being here.
0: Great. Thanks. Bye-bye. 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 If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.
1: Because we try to keep, I try to keep, you know a stock of of everything we're not building when we get the order i'm i i usually do if i get an order for one i usually build one but we had one down in in our warehouse so i would like to clarify my husband used the word warehouse
3: we have a closet in our basement it's our
1: warehouse and he called
3: it i imagine your listeners I imagine your listeners imagining this big warehouse. It's a closet and it's on some shelves in our closet, but we call it the warehouse because it makes us smile.